dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Thank you, Mother. All right. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. All right, y'all. The, that was Mother Theodora live. We had one listener tell us this, this uh, yesterday that they didn't know who... Was that you, Valeria? Sorry. I'm going to throw you under the bus. She didn't know who the voice was. And then she heard Mother at the reception, and she's like, that's the voice. It was, she said it was the way she said Mother Natalia, right? Like, you, you were like, that's oh. the voice in the intro. <laughs> it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so welcome. We are in Troy Township. That's right. Is this, is this side of the street one and that side of the street the other or no? No. I'm trying to be helpful and nice and Township. you're already rolling yeah. your eyes at me. Yes. Okay. So well, welcome to Troy Township. Uh, Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother, Mother Natalia. Natalia. It all happened yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't have... Um, so anyway, we're here live. We're, we're in the uh, Mariapot Shrine in uh, Troy Township. We're not, in case anyone's scandalized, we're not in the shrine. We're like at the shrine cafeteria right we're now. We're in the holy place in the shrine. <laughs> we're not. We're, we're not. Cafeteria. We're... <laughs> <laughs> Great background. That's really funny. Yeah, we're, we're on Instagram live right now. For those of you without Instagram, I just realized we should have covered that up with an icon or something like that. <laughs> Restroom. We have the restrooms in the background. Um, And yeah, Smother, how are you feeling? I'm very tired. I'm really ready to start my honeymoon, like six hours ago. That's right. So, so there's a tradition. Explain the honeymoon tradition, which I think is beautiful. Okay, so at our, at our monastery, actually, no, this is just a monastic tradition. We just call it a honeymoon in our monastery. But uh, the, you, would, you would have five days of, of silence, of solitude with the Lord after your life profession. So at our monastery, um, after one of the nuns makes her life profession, they spend the next five days in the chapel. So eating, sleeping, everything. The other nuns bring us our meals and, and all of that. So um, since Sister Petra, since Mother Petra and I, our life professions were combined, um, Mother has graciously doubled our time. So I'll be in the chapel for five days while Mother Petra is in one of the pustinias, and then we'll swap and I'll get five days in a pustinia while she's in the chapel. Payback. So 10 days <laughs> payback. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so is this, this is a monastic tradition, Mother, or is this just something you, you oh, it is, okay. Yeah, the, the five days is a monastic tradition. Abuna so, Moses, did you do something like this? We didn't in our monastery, but it is a Ah, okay. A okay. Mm-hmm. But so, they're jealous that when we do, so. <laughs> I'll make you more jealous. Like, as a pastor, I could technically do that every night. Like, I have a key to the church. <laughs> I, can, I can just go sleep there every night. I have pews. I, like, I, I, I hate them, but I have pews right now in the church, and I can sleep on the pews. So we also, at our, in our monastery, have the tradition of every day during the honeymoon, we have either mass or divine liturgy. So, um, so we have a priest who comes to have mass or divine liturgy for us every day. Yeah, that's beautiful. So tomorrow it will be Father Travis celebrating mass and Father Michael O'Loughlin will celebrate and give the homily. Oh, my homily's gonna be great. You have no idea what your homily's gonna I, be. It's gonna be great. But I'm sure it's gonna be great. It always is. Nah. Yeah. Oh, that was a joke because I haven't yet. What are the readings? What are the readings? All I know the is good from the song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to sing the Christmas carol. Um, so that's that's beautiful. Um, so I 
I actually thought I didn't tell you this, but I, I think we we know what well, I I want to kind of share reactions and impressions of what happened yesterday. And I thought you've you've been asking everybody, which I love, kind of what their what their favorite part of the life profession was. Um, hopefully, all of you on Instagram or many of you were able to uh, watch it with on the live stream. Um, but I, I thought we could actually bring up some of the some of the audience as well. That'd be great um, to share things. So when you guys come up, just make sure you're talking as close to the mic as I am, and then I can I can adjust you on this. But we'll have you sit on this this side of me um, to to give your impressions. But um, so I'll start. Um, actually, you start. You start. No, you start. I don't want to. I don't want to muddy your your thoughts. Okay, so I'm purity. just sharing a favorite part. Just or anything from it, uh, a an inspiration, a reaction, a uh, okay. something moving. I'll share. Sure. Um, I've I apologize because most of you here have already heard this, but well, a lot of you have not. Um, anyways, something that struck me about it was there was there was an intimacy in the service in the liturgy that I wasn't expecting. Because there, you know, we had like 350 people there. And so I wasn't expecting the intimacy that I experienced. So I was telling Father Michael earlier that I'm often very distracted, isn't the right word, but in liturgy, I'm, because I'm not, it's, it's not like coming out of boredom or something like that, but I, I very much notice beautiful things happening around me. So I'm constantly looking around of like, oh, this is a beautiful icon or like, look at that baby receiving communion and, and all of these things. And so you would definitely expect that to happen in a liturgy with 350 people and cute kids all around. Um, and like my goddaughter sitting in the front pew and on Mother Gabriella's lap and things like that. Um, but, and, and I expected this as I was walking down the aisle too, as I was making the procession and doing the prostrations, I was like, I'm going to feel so awkward. I'm not going to know where to look because every time I go to a mass, they ask me to bring up the gifts because I'm a nun and I hate it. I hate bringing up the gifts because I feel so awkward and I never know where to look. And um, so that's what I thought would happen this time. But it was like, when I was making the, when I was, when I was making the procession, um, I just was totally fixated on the Lord. And that's a grace because I'm not like that usually. Um, and, and it was a similar experience at communion of just there was so much beauty around me, but I didn't even notice any of it. And it was like this grace of all of the beauty that I was experiencing in the liturgy was just this beauty of me being with the Lord. Um, and that was just a, a grace that I wasn't expecting. And so I guess that's what I share because the other things that I found the most beautiful were all the things that I knew I was gonna find beautiful, like the bishop putting the ring on my finger and um, and in a very human sense, just my hair being cut, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, there was, I didn't mean to, but after my hair was cut, I just did this like shake of the head and, and, and all the priests in the sanctuary just saw this like huge smile on my face. Um, but anyways, I don't know. I stumbled and didn't articulate that very well, but I don't know, I don't know how else to say it. So Beautiful. that intimacy. There was a, I was actually thinking something similar when we walked in and I've always had this, like I've been lucky enough to be to a couple, um, a couple of my female friends have become consecrated virgins. And the same thing happens. They have, you know, 20, 30, 40 priests that are all there. And, and when we all process in, 
And it's like these are these are their brothers. These are the ones who would defend them. These are the ones who would you know protect them from everything. It, it's and and having all those priests. How many priests were there? Um, I think about probably about forty. Yeah, forty priests 40. processing in two by two all the way up, and they were there for you two. You know, and I thought this is it was it was just such a supportive. And then I looked around at the congregation, three hundred fifty people. And it was a very, it just seems like such a private thing. When a, when a priest is getting ordained, um, he's going to shepherd almost all these people. Mm. So like they're there to witness one of their future shepherds like receive the gift of ordination. When I looked around at all the people in there, it was this kind of, I'll get to this in another moment. It was almost like we were imposing on a very private a very private moment, even a wedding. A wedding is is a very public thing. And you, you, when, you when you get married, it's it's you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for Jesus. You're doing it for your family, and you're doing it for the whole world. Like a, a marriage is is a public announcement of the reality of who Jesus is, and and weddings are supposed to be public, just like baptisms. I was baptized with me, my parents, my godparents, and like three or four other people. Like that's really not how baptism should be. Baptism should be in front of the entire parish because you're entering into the body of Christ. You're entering into the life of the parish. Same thing for ordination. Same thing for weddings. Monastic profession just, it felt different. And I had never thought about this before, but it felt different. Like we were all there watching you and we were there because you let us be there. Mm-hmm. Like we were there because you had said, this is something between me and Jesus. And so this is actually the question I have. And I'm glad we have Mother Theodore here, Abuna Moses and other monks. Father Paisi. Pa- Father Paisi. Um, when, when a man is ordained a priest or when a couple gets married, the... the uh, jamming out good choice craig um the uh oh it's not you You oh wait a second wait a second the irony the irony it was perla's phone (laughs) (laughs) that's that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) and it was cowboy calling no i'm just kidding (laughs) so so i don't know if people that we named we chose perla and cowboy as our squirrels because they're the first ones to whine about the banter Whine about getting distracted. Whine about getting distracted. Whine about getting Cowboy distracted. didn't actually whine. He just like he just wanted to he name just a wanted squirrel, the squirrel after, him. after him. Yeah, um, he loves it. And I actually, I, th- I was thinking when you were talking, total Perla, actually, <laughs> total, total. But um, for those of you who are listening, maybe this one for the first time or watching for the first time, um, every Byzantine nun, when she makes her life profession, gets called mother because mm-hmm. she becomes. I don't know. Is this correct? I just like it. Our spiritual motherhood. A spiritual mother of the entire church. Yeah. Okay, amen. Um, and and, and like, 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 like Father Moses and Father Paisi are actually not priests, but we call them father. They're, they're, there's a, a spiritual fatherhood of- We now, also call them father because they're deacons, but, but like Father you Anthony- You don't need to be though, right? Right, but yeah. Father Anthony at Holy Resurrection is not a deacon and he's yeah. father because he's okay. fully professed. So we're making a big deal about her being called mother because she's, she's now made her life profession. She'll be a nun now forever. Um, Jesus will have her forever now. Um, and, uh, and and so it's it's that way going forward. So that's why we're making a big deal out of this for those of you who are new at listening. Um, but when 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 a couple is married, the priest administers the mystery of crowning, and now they're married. When when a priest gets ordained, or a deacon gets ordained, or a subdeacon gets ordained, the, the 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 bishop administers that sacrament. There's nothing administered at a monastic profession, correct? Correct. So it's it's just acknowledged. Like it's not a sacrament. So it doesn't need to be a bishop. It needs to be a monk priest. A priest monk. A priest yeah. monk. <laughs> Yoda. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so a, a priest monk. So like what is what is happening? What changes? Who gives you that title? 
Well, the the one who tantrums me. So the priest monk. So you It's you, at the tantra that he calls me mother for the first so time. So is it that a priest monk is welcoming you into the community of monastics? Is that what the ceremony is? I'm like trying to wrap my mind around what the what the ceremony is. I don't know. Is. I don't know the history of the does can any of you add to this? I don't know. I would think that you're right that it's it is a welcoming into the community. Okay. And that's why it needs to be a monastic. I've never thought of that before, but yeah, it's just, it's just so different than the other ceremony. I mean, mm-hmm. you were so eloquent, sister, in previous pod mother, in in in, in previous podcasts, but also in in the letter you put in the thing mm-hmm. about how different this is from marriage and how different it is from from ordination. But I was just thinking while it was happening, I thought you're you're receiving. It, it felt like you were receiving a gift, and you were, you were receiving. Um, all the different parts that we've talked about in, in the previous podcast. You're receiving all these vestments, the ring, the shoes, um, all, all you're receiving all these things and you're receiving them from a priest monk, not from a bishop because you're, you're, you're receiving the gifts of monasticism. Yeah, I don't know. You're being clothed, you're being clothed by, by someone who's already a monastic. Mm-hmm. So why does it have to be a priest monk? Just... The way I understand it is you have to have received something in order to offer it. Okay. Uh, in, in the case, like yesterday, where Bishop Milan did it, he's already a monk. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, so if, if so you could... he's, he, has already been, he has already entered into the rank of penitence. Exactly. And so, so I don't he know if people can hear. So can you repeat what Abuna Moses said? Moses said that um, it's because you have to... Um, you have to have received something before you can give it. So Bishop Milan is a monk. And so he has already, he has entered into the ranks of the rank of penitence, which is, which is what happens when you make your life profession. And so he can then welcome me into the rank as well. I like that. Thank you. You, you, you can only give what you've already received. And because that's true for the way that we Byzantine Catholics receive the Eucharist. So mm-hmm. when, when we receive the precious body of our Lord, we receive it from an open hand. As a priest. As a priest. Yes. Thank you. As a priest <laughs> or, 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 or as a deacon. Good no. qualification. But, so, but the reason is, but no, no, not, not as a deacon, as a priest, because as a priest, unless there's a bishop there. So if there's a bishop there, you receive the Eucharist from him. Mm-hmm. As a priest, if or the bishop, if there, let's just say a bishop. If there's a bishop, there's no one to receive it from. So you you receive what I heard from an open hand to symbolize some sort of the the Eucharist is not something to grasp at. It's not something to grasp for. It's something that we've received. So you you actually you 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 eat our Lord out of an open hand to symbolize some sort of as I'm as close as I can to to understanding that I'm receiving this. Mm. But there's something just so beautiful. You cannot give what you have not received. And in the same sense, you need to give what you have received. So it, like with the Eucharist. Like obligation. Yes. With, when, you, when we receive the Eucharist, it's spiritual sustenance. And if we don't actually carry the Eucharist out, and the Roman Catholics emphasize this in calling it the mass, because that comes from dismissal. Like they emphasize the going out. Mm-hmm. So there, there's something about that, that we, we can only give what we have received, but we, if we've received something as amazing as the body and blood of Christ, we, we need to continue to give it. We need to give our Lord to those we encounter. Um, on the way. So I, I've always thought there's a spiritual gluttony, a spiritual gluttony to receive in the Eucharist and not doing anything. Like I think some people do. We, we rec- it's, like, it's like eating a bunch of carbs and then not exercising, right? You, 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 get, you get fat. So if you receive the Eucharist and then don't go on the mission, don't do the vocation. It's spiritually fat. Spiritually fat, right? Like uh, not, not 
pretty hot and tempting, like fat, F-A-T, fat, right? You Like, like spiritually, sorry. That took you guys too long. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Beth. I appreciate it. Beth, Beth laughed earlier. You get spiritually slothful. You get spiritually, yes. but And you and it weighs you down. I mean, I, I have to develop that further, but I'm sure somebody has. But um, You are like, this is a super tangent. Go ahead. You got to say cowboy, though. To no, I tangent. mean you, what you're doing right now. <laughs> I don't even remember where I started from. This That's is, my point. This is a tangent with, 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 like, no, no. I well, I know what I'm going to say next. I, I know what I'm going to say next. Um, but so yes, yeah, so so there's we need to. You're right. It is totally. That's lot of yeah. Nothing to do with anything. Um, just just go smack me or something. Want me to stop talking, or I'm just going to keep on talking. Um, just make sure it comes back to the profession because that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will bring it back to the profession. I'm bridezilla here. Um, so. Um, so yes, so there's a so we need to we need to expend it. So okay, going back to the profession. He's like, you, how can I connect? You're, you're receiving. <laughs> this is this is how my brain works in every homily. I'm like, and how do I get podcast. back to the gospel? Because I'm now on this. I'm now way over here. Clowns um, and ball pits. I can bring this back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you listen to my homilies. Ball pits. We just talked about that the other day. We did. Um, okay. Um, okay. So you're, you're the the. The priest monk is passing on through the, the the symbols of the monastic garb what he has received. He's passing on to another. I'll find out why he needs to be a priest later on. But anyway, that's probably probably something in the history of the church. Um, so, but but have, having to do with my impression of us kind of imposing on this moment between you and all the monastics and and Jesus. Um, I, I explained this, um, so I'm guessing it was on the live stream, um, but my favorite part or my biggest realization was um, when, I, when I first walked back there, Father Michael Lee and I were walking back because we were both spiritual fathers to our spiritual daughters, and you, you went first because you've been in the monastic life longer. Um, so we walked back there and I, and I saw you through the glass, right? And I, I saw your hair for the first time in six years. Um, and, and when I saw you there, um, you were, you, I very much had the, this is my daughter feeling like very much. And then, and then, um, and then I had that when you started walking up, I had that when I saw all the priests up there thinking like, this is my daughter. She's well protected. She's well cared for. I had that when mother put her Mandias around your shoulder to walk you up. Like I had all these, it wasn't, it wasn't like I'm a father that needs to protect you. It was a father observing that my daughter is well protected. Like she's going to be okay type feeling that I had, but you, you, you were very much, you, you were, you were, you were, you were very much, I'm going to, I'm not going to cry unless she cries, unless I see her cry. Um, like you, you, you were very much a, a daughter that I was, that I was not only proud of, of course, but a daughter that I was was like happy for and and sending off into the world in a sense, um, but knowing you were going to do well because of all the people there and because of the packed church, because of all the priests, because of the other monastics, because of Mother Theodora, because of the bishop, like all these things were very very obvious. Um, but there was was a point. Um, when I, I was actually really trying to hold back tears, probably in, in the wrong way, because I knew I was going to be crying a lot. And then as I said afterwards, I didn't. Like there, there was this- You cried so much more at Mother Gabriella and Mother Cecilia. I know, like, that was the thing. Wet. But I was like, I, I was weeping at theirs because I was thinking how beautiful it is that these women have given everything <laughs> away. Like they've given their entire selves to Christ. Like I, I was weeping on behalf of the church 
like, like welcoming in. Like when, when my, when one of my friends became a, um, a consecrated virgin in Denver, um, she was wearing a wedding dress, but she was never going to get married. So she was marrying Jesus in this tradition. She's wearing a wedding dress. And I just thought like, this is a sleeper cell. Like the world doesn't know what's coming. Like when I, when I walk out into the world wearing my clerics or my cassock, like they see me coming, they're like, this is, this is a Christian. And I like that. I, I use that part of my vocation. When you go out there, your habit is a homily. Your habit is a sermon to the world. But when they go out there, they're nurses and teachers. You know, I, I, have, I know three consecrated virgins, one social worker, one teacher, one nurse. Like they go out there and they dedicate their entire life to Christ, but nobody knows it. Like they go in like sleeper cells, like, like they kind of catch people off guard. They're like a mine the world steps on, you know, without knowing it's there. Um, but, but we are called something else. Like you, you, people know where to find you because you're a monastic. They come to Christ the Bridegroom in Troy Township, Ohio, right? That they come here, they know where to find you. They know where to find me when I go, even when I go out of the world. Um, but, but there was something about when you, you, went, you very much went from daughter to mother. And when that happened, I didn't say this in the talk yesterday, but I, I literally at one point, I just took a step back from you because there's, there's a great essay by Dietrich von Hildebrand that talks about reverence and awe. And I've always thought that way. He says that married couples and friends and parent and children and, and boss and coworker and sisters, um, like siblings, all these people, we get too close to each other and we think we know them because we're too close. Like you need to take a step back to reverence what God is doing. Like spouses, as my parishioners in Denver have heard a million times, spouses need to reverence each other. They need to be in awe of each other. They need to take a step back and say, Jesus is doing things in your life that I don't know about, that I have no control over, and that has almost nothing to do with me except that the two of us are one flesh. But other than that, I, I need to acknowledge what Jesus is doing and be in awe of that. I didn't even think of that before this, but I felt it. Like absolutely, where I actually wanted to like move back from you, even though I was supposed to be standing there, like in awe and reverence of 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 what Jesus was doing, and I felt like if I even like mother was putting your what's this called apostle Nick. apostle mother was putting your apostle on, and I like I, I went to like kind of help her, and I was like nope. You know, I, I actually like pulled my hand back because that was too it was too practical. Like I don't have that right. <laughs> to touch you. And it was, it was very real in that moment. Like it wasn't just something in my head, but it was something I really felt. And, and I, Jesus was like, be in awe of this, like be in awe of her, be in awe of, of, of this, this earthen vessel, like this, some, this thing made of clay that is, that is a beginner. And that's just starting this journey with me, but that is, has, has promised to give up everything. And so that became so real. And I was like, I'm not even like I just stopped crying and I cry a lot. Like my, my people know that like I, I, I cry a lot, but I, I didn't. And it, it was really, really, really powerful. Like I learned something in that moment and I had one of those feelings that I think most Christians yearn for. Like you really feel God, like you feel him with your heart. Like you have an experience of God that you did not expect. It came out of nowhere. And then it kind of, it hits you and you don't know what to do with it except learn. <laughs> like I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna sit here and listen. You know, I'm gonna sit here and listen, I'm gonna learn and I'm, I'm gonna observe something, you know? So anyway, love you. Love you. Proud of you. All right. <laughs> Amen, mother. All right. Um, anything else you wanna open it up to the? No, open it up, yeah. Okay. We need, we need someone to be brave in first. Oh, thank you. Great. Rob, come on over. Rob Pelos. Everybody. Um, 
Thanks, Mother, for the opportunity to be here and to and to serve by serving at the altar. I got to see your face during this during the profession and watch it. And I, I saw the relief on your face about getting your hair cut. <laughs> uh, but I also saw a beautiful childlike joy of just the relief was there, but just this this joy of it's it's real. It's 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 in the flesh. It's in the body, and you're changed physically to match the change that's happening in you spiritually. And so to see that, that joy on your face was beautiful. That was my favorite part. Mm. Thank you. Other brave witnesses? The, the other change, just bouncing off, yeah, whoever else, please come up. Um, but the, another thing about the change that, that was really incredible was um, I got to ride with you to the church. I got to walk with you into the back of the church. I got to see you go down the stairs with, with Mother Petra to go get ready. And then I didn't even think like the next time I see you, you're going to be in, in your white with your hair out. Um, so when I saw you like that, I was like, oh, and then, and then you kind of reappeared once everything was put back on you. Hmm. Like I, I remember thinking, this is, this is the sister Natalia I know. You looked like, I mean, I, I've known you 50-50? Yeah. Well, you mean you've known me for 10 years. Thank you for interpreting that. And, yes. And six years ago, I entered the monastery. So you've known I've me known actually longer, longer as a monastic. Longer as a monastic than, than I have before. So mm-hmm. I've known you like this, dressed like this, longer than I've known you before. So, so when, you, when you had everything back on again, put, when it was put over the white and your hair was covered again, it was like this, this reappearance of sister, now mother Natalia. Yeah, it was beautiful. But yeah, it was the, the physical change, Rob, was something that it was, it was, it was really cool to see. Yeah. I, next. Aww. Father Travis. Long time listener, second time caller. <laughs> uh, I've, I've not actually told you what my favorite part was. I know, I'm excited. So, remind me who the priest was who was like kind of like in charge of everybody. Who's, Father Marek. Yeah, Marek. So, Father Marek, um, before the liturgy was telling all the priests, he said, remember, no matter what happens, no matter if anything goes wrong, uh, we're focused on Christ. Mm-hmm. So, that was in my head the whole time when I was standing and really tired because I'm a Roman and don't know how to stand for like an hour when the <laughs> happening. But during that, um, I was moved, especially after, especially after communion, when you and Mother Petra were looking at the, or were praying right in front of the icon. I was challenged to turn toward Christ and staying in the sanctuary the whole time as a priest now. And what a beautiful way, friends, to be father and mother now. But I was turned toward Christ at the altar, and you were turn, turned toward Christ at the icon, at the altar, and now in your heart as a as monastic as his spouse in a, in a real way. Mm. So it's beautiful because it, it gives me an encouragement to continue to turn my life and my priesthood toward Christ like you have definitively now. So that was beautiful. Thank you. Welcome. <clears throat> we, need, we need like a little buffer between when people come up. So if you have anything to say. Um, I will always think it's on the same. I'll so. say, I'll say, I'll say um, just a funny part. Um, well, actually, I have two funny parts, so I can say these as in betweens. Um, but one funny part was that I, so my hair, if you didn't watch the service, um, well, first of all, you're welcome to. It's at uh, facebook.com slash Christ the Bridegroom, is where we live streamed it from. So we saved the video, so you're welcome to watch it at any point. But my hair is down to my knees, was down to my knees. And so, um, and it's very thick. So there's just a lot of it. And so every time I did something like a prostration or bent over to get the scissors or something, I kept like getting 
tangled in my hair. Like I couldn't get up from the prostrations because my arms were caught in my hair. And so there was one point that was really embarrassing where, which someone, someone actually commented um, about it to me today and who didn't know about this, but I, I had bent over to get the scissors and my hair just fell into my face. There's a picture of it just like on either side of my face. And um, so when I got up, it was in my face and I couldn't like get it out. So I like throw it behind me. And so it looks like I just did this like hair flip for everybody. And I'm like, oh my, oh, that is not what I was trying to do, but that's what it looks like. And it was really embarrassing. So I have, um, remember the, the next one's about the kissing of the cross. So we'll do that as the next buffer. Father Dufresne. Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, so I, just a kind of a general comment as a, as a priest of the Latin church, um, it was a powerful liturgy because of, uh, it was the, one of the best foretastes of the heavenly liturgy that I think I've ever experienced. Just the, the music, the power of everyone participating in their own way. Um, and I, I personally had this impulse as your friend, you know, there's this, this intimate moment that's happening between you and Christ. And I, I had this impulse to, like, to be close to you, to, to support you in that. And of course, I'm in the sanctuary with all the priests um, standing for hours on end. Um, and it was three hours. And so that that was kind yeah, of you navigating could stand that, that long if it was a truck show. <laughs> I mean, so navigating that, um, there, there, I felt this distance, but in the liturgy, there was there was this intimacy of each of us in our own places, whether it's in the sanctuary or, or in the nave uh, or, you know, making your life profession there right in front of the holy doors. And um, I, I was really moved by that, that intimacy that the union is not in our kind of physical proximity to one, mm-hmm. one another, but mm-hmm. it, it's in Christ mm-hmm. who is acting in the liturgy. Um, but just practically my favorite part, I think, was when the, when Bishop Milan put the sandals on both of you. I didn't know that was coming. I love that part, yeah. And just this image of Christ bending down to to put these sandals on your feet, like you're, you don't even have the ability to put the sandals on that you're going to walk this way of monasticism with, right? And so it's this walk Christ... Walk this way, talk this way. <laughs> Christ, Christ is is willing to do everything to to give you the grace to live this life, even mm-hmm. to like put put the sandals on your feet. So that would I didn't see that coming, but that it's, was really powerful. It's also I love that part because it's so it's it's such humility on the part of the bishop, like because he gets down on his knees and and puts the sandals on. So and there's obviously the image there of the prodigal, the prod, the father of the prodigal son, and um, but yeah, yeah. So that was really beautiful. Thank you. Paul Pelos. We don't even need a buffer. He's here. I, I just I have one buffer though. Oh. This is just funny. So this story, so Bishop James Connolly, who's the Roman bishop of, of Lincoln, Nebraska. He thought I was gonna punch him one time. I'll tell the story another time. You Keep mean going. he knew? He read your mind probably. Um, but he was I was doing I was celebrating a wedding with him and he had been a bishop maybe like six months. He was a new bishop. And so we were it was it was he he was of course celebrating as a bishop and I was kind of celebrating and we were waiting for the couple, for the uh, the bride to come back to the back of the church. So like in a Roman wedding, of course, in America at least, usually the bride comes down with their father. So the priest, <coughs> if they're coming to the altar, they had to kind of wait and wait till she's standing in the back, then you come out. So he has his bishop's mitre on and he keeps on popping his head 
out of the sacristy to look, like to see when they're coming in. And like, I think he was, he was just so humble. He forgot he had a bishop's miter on. So like people in the congregation are seeing this massive miter like stick out <laughs> and then they're seeing bishop's face and come back in. And I find out, I think bishop, like if you take the miter off then you can stick your hat. It's like, just have somebody else do that for you. Anyway, it was really funny. Popolos. Where did that come from? <laughs> That was like, <laughs> Don't that ask was like Perlo Perlos. Yeah, it that's just fair. comes from the mind of Father Michael. It <laughs> was <laughs> a scary place. All right, Paul. So, when there's a large eschatological change in Whoa. a human being, big word. Let's define the terms here. So, when there is a a spiritual change to someone that is of a great magnitude, um, usually things feel different. So, for example, I can think of a priest or a now priest who said um, after he was ordained a deacon, uh, shout out to Father Daniel Chiucci, that he was very comfortable in his vocation now and he wasn't discerning it anymore. Um, and I know that for me, um, there was a lot more peace in my courtship when I was engaged versus when I was courting. So I'm wondering, Mother Natalia, how does it feel different for you now that you are mother instead of sister Natalia? That's a really good question. Um, uh, also, I love that you just like use this time for a question. That was that's great. Um, so I almost just gave you that. But there is, <laughs> but there. Um, so actually, I have a very a very relevant thing that happened last night. I told Father Michael about it on our way home um, from the reception. So at the at the reception. So I haven't had a migraine as as most listeners know. I get migraines very regularly. Um, and as I hadn't had a migraine, I haven't had a migraine since the end of May. Um, I was getting them like, um, a couple times a week and I haven't had one since May. So yesterday I get a migraine and I'm at the reception and I've taken a migraine pill and I'm at the reception and I'm like, I got a migraine for the first time in months, the day of my life profession. And I'm like is this some kind of weird sign that this was the wrong decision? And my immediate response to that was like, it doesn't matter because now it's the right decision. And it was immediate relief, immediate relief. I was like, I don't even have to care anymore because like, it's always for the rest of my life, making my life profession was the right decision. Um, and yeah, so it's absolutely different. And I, I feel that relief and I experienced it the very day of. I'm not saying 10 years from now, I'm not going to have like some sort of breakdown about how I made the wrong choice and Father Michael's going to remind me of this moment. What did you just say? Did you say or months? <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. So I, I definitely experienced that. So, and um, I get to come to your wedding, yes, which is very exciting. So thank you, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking forward to what changes in spiritual direction. I really am. Like just to see how you, what spiritual direction becomes. Is, is it any different? Is it anything other? Yeah. Great. Um, well, now that we had, now that we had Paul on, maybe we could have his fiance, Lydia. Oh. Lydia almost pillows. <laughs> yeah, Lydia almost pillows. Um, Mother, it was such a blessing <laughs> to be there. Ah, I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> and one thing that kept running through my mind the whole time was, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And with both you and Mother Petra, all I could see was this rest. 
I, I could only see the backs of your heads, but I just, there was just this rest, um, this rest in, in the Lord, this rest in your state in life, this rest in your vocation. Um, and I think that's such a, a beautiful um, foretaste of heaven, of, of <laughs> the beatific vision of theosis, this beautiful, beautiful vision of it. Um, and one thing that struck me was the obedience <laughs> of you going after the scissors <laughs> after the bishop throws them. Um, and just this, this chasing after <laughs> something so simple as a pair of scissors, um, that the bishop is going to cut your hair with and you're running after them. And there are these obstacles, the bishop keeps throwing them, uh, and how often, it feels like in spiritual dryness, you know, you bring something to God, you bring a prayer to him, like you bring the scissors to the bishop and he just throws it <laughs> and you have to bring it back and say, Lord, please <laughs> listen to me or don't tell me, is your answer silence or should my answer be silence? Um, and I just, I just found this beauty in the obedience and this rest that both you and Mother Petra had. That's really beautiful. Thank you. We had speaking of the scissors. My um, <clears throat> my th my three year old nephew Matthew, he um, he spent a lot of time with Father Michael these past few days, and I think Father Mike, well, Father Michael's his first like experience of a priest, really. And so I think he now thinks that all priests are Father Michael. And so, so we're sitting at the, we're sitting at the, I know, scary thought. We're sitting at the, 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 I agree. the table. Scary, awesome is what I meant. <laughs> um, can I try one of those ghost candies now? The, the ghost pepper candies? So, um, the cowboy, cowboy. <laughs> the, um, we're sitting there and he says to me, he says, he says, Mother Natalia, oh, is that hot? Um, he's, very, he's very polite. And he made this switch. No, I got two. I got two. Hold on. Um, I can't do that. Um, so he says, he says, Mother Natalia. And like kids just get it. He made the switch like that. And I said, yes, Matthew. And he said, why did Father Michael throw the knife? And I was like, um, this is the bishop. They were scissors and don't throw sharp things. I, 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 I don't know. Um, yeah. But I told him, I told him that it was, I said, I said, the bishop asked me if I wanted this thing. And then he threw the scissors for me to go get them to tell him, yes, I really, really do want this. That's how I explained it to a three-year-old. Uh, whatever. It is interesting um, that that it was scissors that he threw. I, I just never thought about this. It was it was something so simple, but um, it is interesting to think it's the it's the, the the instrument of of your kind of humiliation and humility, right? Because I mean, the cutting of the hair is the separation from the world. Like it, it's a saying, I, the 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 a separation from vanity. Mm -hmm. It's a separation from kind of what what makes what's a woman's glory in a sense, you know. And and there and you're you're chasing after you're saying no, like humble me, humble me, humble me, you know. And he 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 resists humbling you. Like, do you really want this? You're like, yes. Like, I I wish we I wish we prayed more that. I wish we prayed more like, Lord, like, well, not don't humble, but like, teach me to be humble, mm -hmm. you know? Teach me to be humble because this is what I want most. And, and if we were insistent, like, if I was like, 
Lord, teach me to be humble. And he's like, nah. And I'm like, all right, (laughs) you're the boss. You know, I go off my life. But the insistence upon, I I want to conform to you this directly. And that's kind of like what Lydia was saying of like, when we pray to the Lord and and he just throws it back at us, it's like, are we going to bring him back? By the way, I fully support the two of you starting a couple podcast. Ooh. You have some some pretty deep thoughts and you ask good questions. So, hey. Um, all right. You'll think of a name. Paul's Paul's sister Amelia Pelos. Which which Amelia are you named after, by the way? All of them. All of them. <laughs> there we go. Are, are you named more, after? More specifically, Saint Almaberga. So I think ah. Saint Amelia, the Saint Almaberga, is the same Saint Amelia that we do. I think it's. The mother of Saint Basil. Oh, it, it so is. That's it the is, one. It is. Ah, the perfect. One. That's what I was hoping. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, so I have many thoughts. I don't know how to, um, consolidate uh, them. Consolidate. Yes. Um, the first thought was, it's getting kind of (laughs) hot, by the way. (laughs) The ghost pepper. Um, (laughs) so I was in the choir, which was an amazing experience. It was. And the choir was amazing. Oh, good. I'm glad. Uh, but. I just wept for the, for the Cherubicon. Just wept. Oh, good. Um, well. While you were walking down the aisle, it was it was a moment that I was been waiting for. I was like, I've been waiting for this for a while to just kind of come to your life profession. And as you were going down, I'm like, wait, there she is. I want to stop singing. Wait, I'm in the choir. I can't. <laughs> no, what do I do? I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> uh, I almost did, like many times. But it was interesting because... It was something from the tree. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if this was LA. I would have thought it was something completely different. But I'm here, here in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> uh, but I, I could see you also just almost running down the aisle, or just kind of skipping with glee, almost. But Father Michael was there, Mother was there, and they're like. Hold them down. Back. Settle <laughs> down. You'll be there eventually. But even after all those roadblocks, you're still this eager and even more eager. So that was something very interesting. And the last, the other thought I had, it's not very related, but um, as I was in the choir, I wanted to sing. Yes, we're singing this liturgy kind of in honor of you or. And I wanted to do this properly, right? And I felt like I kept making mistakes. So it was even after your, um, like your fine, your the profession part. It was like ah, maybe we don't need to make any more mistakes. And we made more mistakes. <laughs> so it's just as Father was talking about, as Paul and Lydia were talking about. It's just this constant process of. We got to learn humility. It's not going to be perfect, and mm. it's the most difficult part. So, um, thank you for letting me uh, be a part of your big day, and uh, I hope to uh, be a part of your life, and and I hope you're a part of my life uh, throughout the next many years. And thank you, Father. Thanks, Amelia. The goal, Amelia, is to pray for her more than she prays for you, which I guarantee you is impossible, but she needs it. So so pray for her a lot, as we all will. That's true. All right. 
Next. Um, I can tell my funny stories. My funny, my other funny story while we wait. So, this is um the ghost pepper's hot. So the um at the at the end of the profession service, the people come up and they're supposed to kiss my hand cross. We did a bow because of COVID, but the the people say, "What is your name, mother?" And then I say, "Mother Natalia," and they say, "May you be saved in the angelic ranks." So this is at every monastic life profession. So my two favorite responses to this were, uh, one, it was a, a kid who came up and he says, what is your name, mother? And I said, mother Natalia. And he was like, I know. And it was just this like, it's like, I know your name. Why are we doing this? This is stupid. And, but the second one was this woman came up. Oh, I hope if you're listening to this, it like brought me so much delight. So please don't. Anyways, so this woman came up I had never met her before, so she must have been there for Mother Petra, or she just like was a random person who crashed the profession, which is fine. And she, I don't remember, I don't remember her name, so I'm making this up. But she says, she says, "What is your name, Mother?" And I said, "Mother Natalia." And she said, "Hi, I'm Therese." And I was like, "Oh, great, we just met." But those are my two, those are my two favorite experiences at the kissing of the cross. And then all the most of the little kids would come up. Some of them, there was like a three-year-old who nailed it, got the response. They got it so much better than the adults. But but most of the kids, they would come up and say, what is your name, mother? And I'd say, mother Natalia. And then they just go and look at me with this blank stare. And I say, and I would just say, now you hug me. <laughs> and then they would give me a hug. Um, Beth, Beth Alvord of the media team. <laughs> Beth does amazing things for the podcast. Okay. I try, I try. Well, I'm going to try to not cry. Oh, you're already I've, starting. I've already been on the verge basically the whole time back there. Um, yeah. There are so many um, points through liturgy where I was just like, goodness gracious. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got to the part. <laughs> the ghost pepper. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm good. Well, now I won't cry, so that's good. <laughs> um. There is, um, this is my fourth slash fifth uh, monastic life profession. I don't know how to count it. So um, Because the two were together. And, right. Yeah. And now the two are together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I know some of what to expect and some of which I forgot. So, um, when the bishop put the sandals on you, I was like, oh, my gosh, how lovely. Um, the chucking of the scissors. That we haven't done that before. This was the first time. So, that's oh. why. Oh, because it was carpet last time. I looked at the pictures to figure this out. Uh, that's not weird at all. Um, but there is um, a point where the bishop, and I forget where it is in the before or after you, before or after you um, uh, get the ring or whatever, but the bishop says, it is Jesus who stands before you, and it is he who you are saying these words to. And then he says some great other things that like make it very clear. You're not actually speaking to the bishop. I mean, you may be, hopefully I'm not being a heretic over here. You may be pledging obedience to him, but really you're pledging obedience to Christ. And so he's very explicit in this. Um, and there can be no avoidance of doubt of what is happening at that point. Um, so that was just, yeah, fantastic. And I, I loved how um, there's this uh, individual part for both you and Mother Petra, um, where it could be you condense it, right? You do all the things at the same time. And there are points where, you know, both you say, yes, master, with God's help at the same time. But the whole, like, point of the the tantra and the putting on of the entire um, habit, the shoes, et cetera, 
Like it's very individual for you and you get to experience that as, I don't know, as yourself with, with Christ. So that was lovely. And then I really liked um, uh, the bishop approximately 12,000 times, maybe 15,000 times, asks us to say for you, Lord, have mercy. I mean, goodness gracious. He's like, these poor people, they really need it. <laughs> um, but it was less that, but more just like, a, I think a calling for us to like recognize we need to pray for you in this moment, which is this huge event, which I think we all knew was like this great, joyful, exciting event, and we still need to pray for you. And then I loved seeing all the brother priests um, up there. It was really fun to watch them all be like, oh my gosh, why are we standing for so long? Because I know many of them. <laughs> or to like make eye contact and be like, oh, you're here. Um, but yeah, um, I think it was you, Father Michael, that talked about how um, the priests are there to like witness your vocation and also then as as protection. Father Blind talked to me that, about that. Uh, I forget what, but just like the priests like recognize your vocation and cherish your vocation and would do anything to make sure that that vocation is um, protected. Yeah, love you. Love you. I had I had a moment with the. Uh, the Lord have mercies. So time and time again, the um, the um, the bishop says, he, he gives me this article of clothing and he says, let us all say for her, Lord have mercy. And then um, the people sing Lord have mercy. So, but it's the same Lord have mercies, like the same tone that we sing throughout the divine liturgy, right? So at one point they start singing Lord have mercies and I almost jump in just like out of instinct because I'm used to singing along. And then I'm about to sing and I was like, wait a second. They're doing this for me. Like the bishop says, let us say for her, Lord have mercy. I don't have to say this. I don't have to join in. Like I can just rest. I don't remember who it was who said that. Um, Lydia. Um, I could just rest and be present in the moment and, and just be with the Lord and know that, that all of these people are doing the work for me in this moment, which is really beautiful because I'm promising to like be doing the work for the rest of my life. So like, at least for this moment, um, everyone else is doing the work for me. And that was beautiful. Father Paisi, one of the deacons from, from the profession and a dear friend from Holy Resurrection Monastery. Yeah, so I kinda, I'll try to share a couple of thoughts from a perspective that's, someone who else has also received this tonsure and experienced it like firsthand and, and, and be able to just uh, explain how, uh, as a deacon, how, you, yeah, again, you're, you're in charge. I don't know if you really like the liturgy, but the um, deacon is kind of much, very, he and the bishop, the deacon and the bishops are pretty much, pretty much occupied through the whole thing. So their minds are, basically focused on what's going on there. So they don't get a chance to really, you know, see what's happening in there. But the one moment that I did have was, and it kind of struck me right away, was when we had to go back, turn, and then greet you. And so you were starting to walk up. And when I first saw you, like the first time I, I the thing first I, I, that struck me was that, oh, there's that, there's that poverty. Because when I went through that moment too, like I, did, I couldn't see myself clothed in my garment. I couldn't see that I was offering myself in poverty. But when I saw you walking there with nothing to give, mm. I, it, it, oh wow, wow, that's, that's, that, that's what they were telling me when I was getting it. I was, I, was doing, I was giving myself and it was what poverty that I was giving. So that was, that was mm. that's what kind of really kind of struck me. That's very beautiful. 
And I do want to share one other story about the power, I think, of, uh, of prayer and of, of the monastic town to try to kind of like give you a little kind of like a reason why people like uh, want to go through this kind of thing. So today we had uh, one of the, when there was a visitor at the monastery and we were talking and he was trying to see people and it's hard to get to see people because they're all here and there and he had to leave. And so he said that I wanted to say hello, goodbye to a couple of the nuns. And he saw sister, uh, Mother Natalia and he says, could you pray for me that I could, or say goodbye to them or see them? And he said, okay, I'll say a prayer for you. And so he, as he was leaving, you know, right away he noticed that, oh, one of the, one of the mothers comes up and so he says goodbye. Okay, good. And then just as he's about to get into the car and he's going to, he's, we're just talking, waiting for the last people to come along. All of a sudden, he gets called by one of the other nuns that he needs to say goodbye to. Oh, is that you? And he, right away, he turns around. So I kind of wanted to say to him, yeah, well, this is what happens. You sh the, the nun you asked had to pray for her because well, yesterday, now that she has this gift because God wants to just answer her questions immediately. He just, he just <laughs> asked for a person. He can't resist her right now. There's that kind of like, whatever you ask today, you get, from, you get as a bonus. So. That's beautiful. So, all right. Thank you, Father Paisi. You have a few hours left of getting whatever you want. A few hours? Yeah, oh, like this. Just for the first day, day after. Yeah, 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 I got it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we still have a uh, seven and a half minutes left if anybody else wants to come up, so please. Michaela. Oh, Mark. After Mark. No, please, Mark. Please. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to force her. <laughs> I'm just, that'd be cool. I think Perla should say something, though. What's your full name? What's my full name? Yeah, sorry. Mark Shuffleton. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Great to see you again. Good Congratulations. You, Thank you. Yes. And so um, as I was watching it, well, first I want to say a big thank you to whoever had the tech savviness to live stream oh, it. Oh, yes. Good point. I mean, Shout was, out to Carrie Shell for yes. doing the live stream because she oh. did amazing. So thank you for letting those of us that couldn't be there in person uh, watch it on Facebook. And thank you for Christ the Bridegroom for putting it on your Facebook page. Mm -hmm. And so as I was reflecting on it and... Um, I hope I'm allowed to say this. I'm not Byzantine Catholic, and so Ooh. I appreciated. <laughs> so I appreciated um, just um, the beauty and the intentionality Did that was with all the different aspects of it. Did you sit ever? Do I sit, Father Did Michael? Sit? Stop, it. Stop it! You're Stop it! Stop it! Stand for Stop the it. whole time, even if you're watching Stop. it on media. Stop yeah. doing this! No. So uh, when you were watching on your computer, Father Michael, stop! Let him speak. I plead the fifth. Um, so uh, it's possible the person I was watching it with sat at some point, but as opposed to me, well, you were kneeling. Well, we'll say I was kneeling for a lot of it. Yeah, how's that? I'll take it. Yeah, and so um, and so there were a lot of aspects that were a little bit foreign to me that um, were. New to me that, um, and yet the thing that really stood out to me was how you and now Mother Petra did it together. Mm. And as I reflect on my time at Christ the Bridegroom and the blessing that Christ the Bridegroom truly is uh, to so many people, to all kinds of people out there, and I thought it was precious that you and Mother Petra were able to do that together because now you are serving in spiritual motherhood together at Christ the Bridegroom. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. Can I um, do a, a question about the, uh, the ceremony itself? Sure, yeah, yeah. So Thanks. I remember um, in, uh, I think it was the first of the two podcasts you did on going through the, um, the life profession ceremony, and you're saying that there was a particular portion of it that you were, um, you were anxious about. 
And I believe it was that procession forward when you were mm-hmm. in the white, I believe it's mm-hmm. a baptismal gown. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you were talking with some of the nuns, you know, kind of hearing their experience having done the life profession themselves. And so I wanted to ask you was, you know, in looking toward that, knowing you had, you know, some anxiety about it, that you'd talked with people about it, mm-hmm. how did your expectation of that moment compare to your experience in that moment? Yeah, so Father Michael and I were just talking about this today. It was, it was totally different than I expected um, because of what I shared at the very beginning. So my, my fear was, I was like, nobody has even seen my head uncovered for six years, you know, um, much less like seen me in just like nothing but this white garment with all my hair down and, and, and barefoot and, and all of this. And I was like, I'm gonna feel totally naked. But again, I go back to what I said at the beginning, like I had no... Um, I'm super vain. I like really struggle with vanity. And so I, I'm always worried about what people think of me. And I, um, and I, as I'm like walking down, I just like, I'm not even, it doesn't even cross my mind what other people are thinking. And, and um, I'm not feeling the nakedness or anything like that. Like I'm just totally, just totally focused on Christ. Um, mm. So yeah, the anxiety was completely not there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So I, I love just the, the intentionality and beauty that is there within the, the Byzantine Catholic tradition. So um, I'm, I feel blessed to have, you know, um, experienced that through all of you. And um, one last comment. I sat the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and then he runs away. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, we have technically no time left, but anybody else want to jump in? And Bill's thinking they might. Then Teresa Grandin. Oh. Do you want to come sit with me, Jill? She's kind of shy. Come sit with me. Thanks, Jelly. So I've known you a long time from before you even went in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad I got to be here. Go tell the stories. I won't. (laughs) No stories. (laughs) But I was so happy to be here. It was such a beautiful ceremony. And since you mentioned vanity, I don't think I'll ever lose that vision in my head of you laying prostrate in that white garment with your beautiful hair down. I mean, that was just absolutely unbelievably gorgeous. And it's stuck in my mind so much. My other um, observation I had, which was really interesting because I was where I was sitting, I was able to see Mother Theodora's face. And so while she was with you, no, this is really beautiful because it was what you said at the beginning, how being, being proud of her. I, you know, I could see the love in her eyes for you, and I was just watching that so intently. And then I was just curious. I was like, I wonder if she'll have that same love in her eyes when she's got Mother Petra up there. Mm. And she did. And I was just so amazed. <laughs> That's good. It would have been really <laughs> awkward if you were like, and she didn't. <laughs> she loves her more. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but she did. She just had this incredible love in her eyes for you both. And that just struck me as something so beautiful as you as a community too. Mm. So I'm so glad I came and I'm hoping to come back again because it's just absolutely beautiful place. I think everyone should come here and experience this because it's incredible. Right, Jelly, did you want to say anything? (laughs) Can you say hi, listeners? Hi. (laughs) That was amazing. Um, And real quick, like Mother Theodora, I knew you were before you were Mother Theodora. I've known you for a long time and... I knew, yeah, I knew when you were your sister Celeste, and and like there's, 
I, I think I met you in 2001 when I started seminary. Yeah. When, when did you enter? When, when were you Sister Celeste? I, th I think you were already. I think you were already Sister Celeste. When I met you. Okay. Guys, come on. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, but but it's like. like <laughs> busted mother. Oh, <laughs> full frustration. Um, so like mother, I knew you before, and I I knew you when when the dream of Christ the Bridegroom was was just beginning. Um, and you, you said to me, I hope you don't mind, was it last night the night before we were walking and, and Christ the Bridegroom Monastery was just insanely crazy. I mean, mother, you moved out of your cell. You gave your cell to guests. Like, that's incredible. I don't know if people knew that. Like, mother gave her cell to guests. You know, so so it's like like you, but this dream that is Christ the Ragger Monastery that that was was so needed, and I think everybody said this is what our nation needs, this is what our church needs is is a monastery where 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 it's going to be authentic and real and orthodox and 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 we're going to accept the the thousands of years of traditions, two thousand years of traditions of. Of, of what monasticism looks like, what female monasticism looks like, what it means to actually live a life of, of, of prayer, fasting, and, and almsgiving, to live a life of poverty, chastity, obedience, to live a life of all these things. And, and you just, you trusted in the tradition and you trusted in, in what came before you. And, and I, I know, I think you had to Google a few things, right? <laughs> <laughs> Google didn't have a whole lot. Google didn't have a whole lot, but like you, you had to go find what other yeah, going and visiting other monasteries to f kind of find out what this would look like, and then you you just in in the midst of 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 uh, God bless Bishop John, God God, ble God bless you know those who supported you, God bless you know Mother Cecilia, God bless those who who you walked with, but but it is it really was when, when you when you stood and offer a moment of of saying like this this insanity. Is, is what I kind of hoped beyond hope for of what a monastery would look like. And they gave you this little piece of land here to start building on. You had two of you, then three of you, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden you became the, 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 the place where someone I love as much as now Mother Natalia, where I would say, you should go think about this. If Jesus is calling you to be, to be a nun, like you should go check Christ's bridegroom. I, don't, I mean, like you, it was the first place on my mind as I, like, this is a place where, where you can go and you can, you can be like, be yourself and follow that vocation. Um, so thank you, brother. It, you, you really, <laughs> you, like, you, you, you listened to God in, in a way that was like nearly impossible. Like, like so few people do. And, and, and you changed the world. I, I know I, I'm not overusing that. Like the, 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 the way that you've allowed, allowed this to, to become a reality and to allow us to be able to say, like, I can say like, you're, you're here, Mother Natalia, because of repentance. And I don't, I don't know many, many places that are that explicit to say like the, the world doesn't understand where, where the world is so full of shame and self-hatred that we don't understand like the, the need for repentance. And, and, and I mean, God, the father sent his son into the world to die, but I, I, I sent my daughter here to die to herself 
and 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 what that means and everything else. But I like I trusted you completely, and I, I know you know that. But it's because you followed God's will. So thank you, Mother Theodora, for 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 this dream that that you lived out in such a such an amazing way that that is has borne so much incredible fruit. Yeah. Yes, Jelly. Do you know what they are? Yes, the first one was Father already answered. But why is God marrying Sister Natalia, Mother Natalia, if he's already married to the Theotokos? To marry. <laughs> That's a deep question. What was her second question? <laughs> <laughs> So Jelly, um, Jelly had two questions. We have Jelly time. six. Okay. Um, we have time for probably only one. So right. Jelly's second question was, um, "Does God come down to marry Sister Natalia?" So Jelly has known for a long time, since my first scheduled life profession, that I was marrying Jesus, and she's been telling all of the kids that she plays with in the neighborhood <laughs> recently, "My godmother's marrying Jesus," which is very beautiful. Um, Jelly, by the way, is my favorite goddaughter. I'm just going to say that publicly so, so that she knows. Um, but she's my favorite goddaughter. So anyways, um, yes, he does. He comes down from heaven to marry me. Um, and that's what he did yesterday, particularly in the Eucharist. And, um, you know, and like one of the, and that's what he does for each of us. He comes down from heaven and he gives us his body and blood. <laughs> um, he gives us himself fully in the Eucharist as a consummation because he wants to marry you. And <laughs> that's just the most beautiful thing in the world. Um, and, you know, I was, telling, I was telling Father Michael that that obviously was a very significant part of the life profession for me. And it's something I can't even talk about and I can't even articulate, but it was, thank you, made exceptionally so um, because I was able the week before my life profession to bake the prosfora, the, the communion bread for the life profession. So it's like, I baked this bread um, that was to become the body of Christ that would be the consummation of my marriage. And that's just exceptionally special. Um, so anyways, I think that's a really good transition into prayer intentions because my my prayer intention, um, as I baked the communion bread, I haven't told Mother Petra this. I need to tell her this. Um, but I baked the communion bread for <clears throat> my intention was Mother Petra and myself and all of the spiritual children that God is going to give us. So I would ask for my prayer intention that you pray for all those who are going to be spiritual children of Mother Petra and myself. And I don't just mean spiritual direction. I mean just um, like Jelly and Angelo, my godchildren, pray for them. Um, pray for... <laughs> pray, for, pray, for pray for Perla. Um, but like, honestly, I... Perla, I like... I really love you with a mother's heart. Um, sorry. <laughs> I love you. 
so all of the ones that 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 God gives me as as children, um, and and Mother Petra, please pray for them. Amen. And uh, my intention is, of course, for now, Mother Natalia, please pray for her that she uh, remains worthy of this great call um, that no one's worthy of. Um, that's why we don't sing Oxios. Um, it's because you're unworthy, as you know, um, and I'm unworthy. And but you're 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 living life more in conformity to your unworthiness than I am, and than most people are. So thank you for that witness. Um, I'm going to take as my prayer intention uh, Father Daniel Chucci, who's a, a, a Roman Catholic priest, brother of mine from Denver. That's the one Paul was talking about. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Who who in the past past few months has lost both his mother. His mother, and, and then before that, it was his brother. Um, so just the amount of loss in, in a priest's life and, and that, that living for heaven, um, which is what you're doing. You're living for heaven. You're, you're giving up everything for heaven. So um, he'll see them again in heaven, God willing. We'll pray for the souls until then. So pray for um, the souls of his mother and his brother who died recently. And, uh, and yeah, amen. Um, right. Real quick, before you give the closing prayer, um, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but anyone who's here is invited to Compline at the monastery night prayer um, to wrap up. What the time night. is it? So, 9.02. It's 9.02. Compline began two minutes. Oh, Mother's here. Well, Mother's here. So. Mother's here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> amen. We'll, we'll, we'll finish the evening in prayer if, you, if you're here present. So, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord give you every good thing. May you always appreciate the witness of those who have given everything, who have chosen to rely upon Christ alone, to live the life that in a sense we all should be living, um, that of repentance and acknowledgement of our own weakness, our own sin, our own vulnerability, of receiving the illumination, the, the fulfillment of Christ's own love understand our, our self-emptying, our catharsis that leads and allows Christ to fill us up with himself, which is the entire meaning of life. Um, union with God, theosis, may our Lord grant you the humility and the sacrifice, the dedication to his church, the love of the Holy Scriptures, the love of the poor, the love of those who are suffering, the love of your neighbor, the love of those who are most annoying, the love of those who, who don't deserve it. May we truly live the life of the cross and appreciate what it is. Um, the cross that Christ carried before us and the cross that is, is the only worthy boast and the only worthy thing to carry throughout our life. May our Lord always put people in our lives that are inspiration to this end, especially the beautiful monastics, those who have left everything, even spouse and children and honors, luxuries, uh, left everything, mother, father, brother, sister, spiritual father for this life that is so dedicated to Christ. May our Lord give us all this desire and give us the ability to discern this as is his will. Lord bless all of you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Love you, sister. I love you, brother. <laughs> love you.